This week on The Reverse Stick, we check in with one of the youngest members of the hockey family when President of the Sierra Leone Hockey Association, Silas Bangs, joins us again. Plenty of pro league, plenty of indoor and a princess injury update. And welcome once again to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast. My name's John Lee, I'm joined by... Uh, Matt Allen, hola, willkommen. Hola, willkommen. Well, we're global, aren't we? Happy to be here, and thank you for being here with us for Let show 81 of the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Yes, John? Let, let's get the um, the main story of the week out of the way. Uh, how's your shoulder, Sheriff? Not, it's, not, it's not good, mate. It's not good. It was, it was painful last Wednesday night when we recorded. It was even more painful Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I've had x-rays, I've had ultrasounds, I'm in for a CT scan tomorrow. Uh, but they think it's probably just a strain. Yeah. Uh, um, but rather, con- and they say there's something wrong with our health. But, ra- but rather, rather concerningly, the uh, the CT scan is for a suspected broken arm. Um, got no pain in the arm whatsoever. So uh, <laughs> no sense, no feeling, maybe. Well, folks, why don't we crack on to it? We got plenty to get through tonight. Thanks for asking, anyway. No pre- problems pre- at all, darling. Appreciate that. Um, we got Silas Bangs on to talk about hockey in Sierra Leone again. So looking forward to that. Plenty of this sort of stuff, though. Great new logo. News. Well, that was a bit quick. What <laughs> happened there? <laughs> Whose new logo? Sierra Leone. Yeah, 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 fantastic. Yeah. There's some great work that's been done there. So it's all moving forward wonderfully. We'll hear all about that from Silas coming up in the show. But, of course, uh, a lot of hockey going on once well, again, John. When we say news, we're talking about on the pitch. That's the sort of hockey we're talking about. And uh, first up, let's see what has been going on. There are some games going on at the moment in Granada between Spain and Ireland on the women's side of things. Game one was a couple of days ago uh, and the Spanish girls got over the top of Ireland 2-1. Game two is underway as we speak, Matt. It's going on now. Twitter's gone crazy. Um, the hook... And others. Yeah, hockey Island on. Yeah, there Irish it, there hockey. It uh, it's just going ballistic. What's, what's, there. The top, what's the top tweet there, John? Top tweet. Top tweet. Saved by Buckley. Oh, Emma Buckley. Oh, wait a sec. 14 new tweets. Final score? 3 all. There you go. And that was 58 seconds ago. There you go. Whew. Okay, of course, so Emma, 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 Emma joined us back on about show 30 or something yeah. like that and was hoping to make her way into the full Irish international setup, and she's there. That's she three is. goals. Uh, three all. So, really, I wonder if they'll just play a penalty shootout for the hell of it for the practice after that draw. Um, third game is coming up tomorrow uh, around the same time, a little bit earlier, start time, 11 a.m. Granada time, local time. It's at uh, Armilla. And so good luck to the girls in that game. That'll, uh, the Irish should obviously be looking for a win there to sort of square the series as it is. Now, the, the Indian girls have played against the Irish girls in they the same did. spot, haven't they? They did. Oh, no, and Santa Mura. Ah, right. Santa Mura, yes. Uh, well, we said last week, it's moving all around Spain at the moment. They're going everywhere, and teams, not necessarily Spanish teams. Uh, interesting. 1st and 3rd of February, two games were played, um, and the first game was a one-all draw, Ireland in India. Um, Gujarat Kerr, Kaur, cool. uh, she got the first goal from penalty corner in the 18th minute, and then Sarah Hackshaw, Hawkshaw, sorry, um, squared it up for the Irish girls in the 45th minute, just on the, uh, a field goal right on three-quarter time there. Um, the second game was won by the Indians rather convincingly. Uh, certainly the Indian fans seem happy with it on all the socials. Uh, Navjot Kaur, 
uh, field goal in the 12th minute, then Rena Kokar in the uh, 27th minute from a penalty corner, and uh, Gurjit Kaur, another penalty corner in the 60th minute, right on the death knell there. So it looks like they might. Where do you reckon Gurjit plays? Two penalty corners in two games. Think, uh, no, she might be a fullback. No, I think, yeah, I think she is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's funny how it works out that way. You can almost look at the goal scoring sheet and see penalty corner, fullback, uh, field goal, forward. <laughs> it's a bit funny like that. Anyway, that's uh, th- think, those it, two yeah, matches. Yeah, Indian very happy with that tour there so far. They were. Some good results against Spain and Ireland. Uh, a lot of young oh. faces in both in, in all the yeah, sides there. So it is very experimental at this stage, and it, this is what these games are for, is for practice. That's exactly what they are, I was going to say. That doesn't mean that the players don't feel something about them, but it's hard import- to... Yeah, it's important. It's important on, the, on the, yeah. the road to, well, hopefully to Tokyo for all of them. And... and Another tournament that was in uh, Bella Medina in Spain from the 28th through the 3rd was the Three Nations Invitational involving Wales, the USA and Brazil. Three non-Spanish which, which teams. It's fascinating, isn't it? It's it an is. invitational. It's fascinating. Spain's not there. Um, but they played uh, six games in total. They played each other twice. And nominally the winner of that was Wales, who uh, two wins, a draw and a loss, 12-4, 8-2 against, so plus four goal difference there. The USA uh, lost two and uh, won two. Yeah, they, they had a win against Brazil in the final game, I think they put six they past them. They did 6-3 the score yeah. there though, so the Brazilian I mean the Brazilians still got a win, they managed to uh, pull off a win against the USA in their first encounter 2-1. Once again, it's hard to tell what to take out of those results without looking through the individual team sheets forensically to see what differences and what changes Great for all those players though and yeah. like you said with the, with the rankings they're all fairly similarly ranked they're not too far apart on, on uh, where they're at in world hockey so uh, Wales uh, had a four all draw with Brazil in one game and um, the next time they played it was 3-1 to Wales you know, and hockey can turn on t- mighty mo- tiny moments I mean you can easily lose a game 3-1 where there's just been Two moments, bang bang, that, yeah, that have cost. It will be interesting to look a bit deeper into what's happening with Brazilian hockey post Rio, and uh, obviously the well, they're ranked 27th in the world at the moment, and these teams were ranked 24th: Wales, 26th; the USA, and 27th: Brazil. So yeah. they're all tightly packed in there, and um, it would have been a good test for them. I think very much a, a try things out tournament before they get to the hockey oh, series sure, finals. Sure. Yeah, that's it. yeah, lots of guys getting blooded in there. Now, have you got any indoor news? I believe you had some results uh, hidden away we somewhere. Got, we have indeed, John. Yeah, we've had a few indoor finals happening over the weekend uh, in the Netherlands. Uh, SCHC, I think that's Stitcher, isn't it, from uh, Bilt Hoven. Um, they came out winners over Amsterdam Hockey and Bandy Club, Amsterdam, and. Uh, it was a, a fantastic win there against a great side. It was a 2-2 draw. Um, and then uh, SCHC went on to win the shootout in that game. Uh, Arangi Rude finished up with the bronze medal. Um, Robert Tiggy is involved there in the uh, in the shootout. Um, but wasn't... Uh, he was voted best player in, in Netherlands again indoor this year. But uh, he missed his opportunity on the shootout. And Stitcher got the win there. Over in Belgium, uh, let me just pull that up here, John. I've got a lot of screens open at the moment. No, that's the pro league. You need, you need some research. I do. I did. I've got. I'm getting organised, John. I've got. <laughs> I've, I've got Slack now, and I'm writing things down in the week, and I'm making sure that I've got all the uh, the info in front of me. But it's a bit hard to locate occasionally. Uh, in Belgium, yes, the indoor finals took place on Saturday at the Sports Centre Schotter in Alst, and. Uh, 
the two teams of racing have won both the men's against Amical Anderlecht and the ladies uh, against Park Odegham uh, for the third place. But in the final, uh, we saw Leopold um, taking on Waterloo, where are we, uh, White Star. White Star were the winners in the men's competition. In the women's competition, it was Waterloo Ducks versus White Star. And Waterloo Ducks took out the title there. And in Scotland, it was Grange Mingus Hill. Uh, we got a little tweet actually on that one, John, because it's the uh, the unnamed uh, brother-in-law of Rob Baggy Barrand, oh, really? from TRS World Eleven, um, took out the title there. Um, you know, we noted at the time he didn't want to share the name of anybody at all. It was no names, no pactorial, wasn't it? Mm, and, it was. To be fair, it was all about Rob um, <laughs> and, and not any, anybody else. And uh, Dundee Wanderers took out the women's competition there. So well done to all involved. And, the European indoor season's all drawing to a close. It is, uh, and I think that's all we've got for the results. I'll just quickly, except for Pro League, we'll get to that shortly. I've got a little bit about Malaysia. We can oh, yes, yeah, Malaysia. The latest results on the men's comp in the Malaysian Hockey League. UniKL 3-1 winners over Terengganu. Uh, UITM uh, went down 3-1 to Tanaga Nacional, and Nurin Safi were 4-5 uh, on, the, on the wrong end of a 4-5 defeat to Maybank. Uh, the uni KL coach Arul Savarai says we have five more matches to go and we're going to concentrate on winning one game at a time. First goal of the game there scored by Robert Kemperman, Mr. Backhand. So uni KL currently sit uh, top of the ladder there on 19 points. Tanaga second on 18 points. And they go into a, a playoff sort of uh, scenario at the end of the, the league games there. Uh, on the women's side, uh, and it's got to say we're getting a bit of rain here tonight in Perth um, they've had a lot of rain there for the hockey in Malaysia at the moment yeah, well, they've had a lot of rain in Townsville as well we'll talk about that a little bit yeah, indeed, what that's yeah. Been. Uh, women's league standings at the moment Taranganu are top of the table nine wins from nine games uh, in 27 points second spot it goes to Blue Warriors on 21 points and then tied for third spot there between PKSU and uh, Liaoning the Chinese side that are, are taking okay. part there so and they've had six wins uh, one draw and two defeats um, whilst they've been there but Taranganu very much the, the strong side there and I think they've got eight internationals in, in, in the team for doing well a uh, little quick shout out whilst we're on that as well to uh, Malaysian umpire Narazmi Safar he was involved in a car accident on the, the way back from umpiring one of the MHL games yeah. the other day and uh, there was initial concerns Sad there because, well, the the uh, he's in a bit of a bad way and he's not working and the the insurance only covers for about three grand or something like that, um, whatever that gets. Major operations. Well, the operations have cost twenty five thousand already, but I believe that the uh, the Malaysian uh, Hockey Confederation are working are now after his wife's come out in the paper and things like that are, are now working towards uh, trying to help him out. Yeah, I did see the announcement there, a letter saying the Hockey Association would be stumping up, I believe, to yeah. help him out. And let's face it, if he's on his way home from uh, supporting the game, we should support him. Well, I think the association is saying that three grand was just an initial payment just to help out, to okay. however it needed. But yeah, we'll wait and see. What Good luck to him and hope he gets better and he's out there with That's a whistle right. in his hand again we'll soon. We never want to see anybody... Uh, uh, injured in the hockey family, do we, John? Apart from oh, you with me, no, works, yeah, no family, unfortunately, because uh, it happens all too often. Stay careful on the roads, folks. Uh, what's coming up? Um, 
Euro Indoors, they kick off the pointy end of the Euro Indoor competition with the various challenges and cups and trophies and it gets underway this weekend. The men are kicking things off this weekend. We have uh, the Men's Challenge 2 in Varna, Kamchia, Bulgaria. That's happening from the 8th to the 10th this weekend. I'm not going to go through all the teams again this weekend because I've made such an oaf of it last <laughs> week. So, look, check, go to the Euro Hockey website, eurohockey.org. Yep. Yep, eurohockey.org. Yep. All the information's there, and it'll undoubtedly be live-streamed on Euro Hockey TV. Men's Challenge 1 is happening in Oslo in Norway. That's, once again, the 8th to the 10th. The Men's Trophy is happening in Sveti Ivan Zelina in Croatia. Uh, so good luck to all the teams that are involved with that. It should be some great Sorry, where's that? Action. Where in Croatia? Sveti Ivan Zelina. Fantastic. Yeah. Good, yeah. I'm getting better, aren't I? Uh, and then next weekend we've got the Men's Cup in Vienna. That's to be held jointly with the Women's Trophy event. And uh, there's also the Women's Challenge 1 and Challenge 2 there next weekend. So look out for that while you're there. Uh, there will be some test matches coming up. Uh, Thailand are taking on Singapore in Bangkok. That's the 16th to the 17th this month. That's all women. Uh, Scottish ants. Yes. Scotland and Italy men are going to be playing three tests in Italy from the 18th to 21st, and France and Wales, as we mentioned in the Antibes, uh, 26th for three games. And uh, we've also got the first of the Hockey Series finals coming up. What? Not just yet. It's coming up oh. on the 26th of April in Kuala Lumpur. Oh, That's geez. the first of them for the men. Canada, uh, Malaysia, China, Austria, Wales, Brazil, Italy, and Vanuatu. Ranked 65th in the world, the Vanuatu is. Are they? They are indeed. So good luck to them. Uh, and we'll be looking forward to seeing how they adapt and, and you know, how they cope with what is going to be a difficult tournament well, for them, and, a, for and, sure. and a different game to what, you know, they've recently been uh, training That's yeah. right. Anyway, that's all coming up, uh, major things that are happening. Of course, the other major thing that's happening is the Pro League, and we'll talk about that next. You are listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. Time now to chat about the Pro League. Now, before we get this chat underway, big announcement, Matt. What's that? Uh, we're going to do a Pro League podcast. Are we? Yeah. Did I not tell you this? No. Oh well, I'm doing a well, Pro talk- League podcast. We, talk- we talked about the Pro League daily, but I, you know, that's uh, it's not happening every day, is it? So no. So I'm going to do a podcast weekly. Okay. Called Totally. Pro League. Totally Pro League. Kicking off that's next good. week. In, in, in a preview to us going to the Pro League. And Well, that's right. We mentioned it last week. We've got our accreditation to... Uh, well, we haven't got the passes in our hands yet, but we've been told we can get our accreditation <laughs> uh, to head along to the GB Games um, with the Hockey Roos and the Kookaburras here in Perth. So we're very much looking forward to that. Uh, hopefully we'll get down a couple of days beforehand as well and uh, get a bit of audio and get some interviews happening. Uh, and that week after as well, um, fingers crossed, we've got Simon Mason lined up to come on and chat all things hockey too. So it'd be interesting to get his perspective on the two crushing defeats that GB had uh, uh, suffered over the previous weekend. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I'm sure someone's really pleased to hear that. Um, yeah, so you know, I'm just joking, folks. We're, we're yeah, totally pro league, totally just pro league. Pro Look, league. there's too much. You'll hear today. There's too much to cover in our pro, in, the, in the reverse stick. We don't give it enough justice in the reverse stick, and it takes up too much time for what the things we'd like to be doing with yeah, the reverse and look, stick. And we, and, so we, and, we, and we think there's, uh, uh, there's enough interest in this new global competition um, and not enough 
coverage yeah, that's um, right. that we can maybe try and help meet it somewhere in the middle. And the plan is, folks, uh, it won't be a long podcast, half an hour tops every week, once a week, preview the weekend's games that are uh, coming up, as well as look at the results from the weekend before. And fingers crossed, it will be featuring lots and lots of different co-hosts. Yep. So you don't have to drag yourself in here another night every week. And uh, and also, um, you know, God willing, sorry, not God, F I H willing, uh, same same difference. <laughs> um, that uh, we can get some audio grabs from the games and maybe from from some of the commentary and things yeah. like that and flesh Just it out. So if you can't bits. get your eyes on the games, a lot of people can't, and there's a lot of things. Uh, happening in strange times of the night in different parts of the world that you just uh, you can't get your eyes on it. Um, I can't get my eyes on everything at the moment, John. You no, go to FIH.live right. and you, you, I can't I can't get the full replays, but I can go to YouTube and get highlights and goals. So um, and I can get really good stats on FIHProLeague.com. Um, we okay. just need to somehow bring. All of those all things together. together. Yeah. Well, so look out for that next week. First episode will be out. Um, I'm not exactly sure how it will go, but we've got got an idea of the sort of thing we want to do. And um, let us know what you think as it develops over time, and we'll try and refine it because we think that we need to be getting um, the pro league out beyond just the hockey people, and and look for ways so we can get well, like, but, yeah, but onto like other with platforms, like, like with all of it, mate, hockey like, stuff, like know, with like commercial with radio or something like that. Yeah, but like, like what we do now, even the hockey people don't get to see everything and hear everything. So if it's something else that can yeah. help you as the hockey lover get your ears around it, you might want to not want to listen to our prattle, but you just want to get some pro league news, then that'll be. Well, the place that's the to idea. Go. It won't be prattle. It'll be yeah. And we'll, and we'll start off, it will just go through the reverse stick channel and uh, we'll see what the uptake is and then maybe move that off into to something separate. But, uh, just, yeah, you just, uh, but stay tuned to but the reverse stick. It'd be stick. nice to have something that was dedicated just to talking about the pro league and the results and that. So you can catch up maybe when you're doing something else. You can just listen, know what's going on, how yeah. tables are working, etc., etc. Yeah. And let's get into that right now. Let's have a look at some of these games. Well, seven big games over the weekend. It was hard. To, in fact, I couldn't keep up with all of them. I don't know. Did you? No. Uh, not all of them, no, no. But I was I was working when the Aussie games were on, so I was just trying to keep up online with results. And and yeah. actually, props to uh, uh, whoever's got hold of the uh, the Kookaburras and the Hockey Roos Twitter handles at the moment because they did a great job and they were very up to the minute with it all. That new intern must be doing well. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the first game. It was at North Harbour, Auckland. It started at 5pm New Zealand time. New Zealand took on Belgium. It was the men who kicked the day off. And, uh, well, what a game that was. Uh, you've got to admit, the men's games have been, at, at least if nothing else, entertaining, thoroughly entertaining. And, uh, uh, yeah, what's the what's the goal count at the moment with it, John? It's, I um, haven't done a total goal uh, count, but I think, it's, I think it's like 71 goals. It won't be 71 goals. It's a lot. Um, this game finished. I'll tell you exactly what it is. In a four-all draw. 51 goals. 51, 51 goals so far. Yeah. So yeah, there's, there's been four or more goals scored in every single game. Yeah, we're uh, four all at full time. They went to the penalty shootout. So uh, one point each for the draw, and then Belgium managed to pull in the bonus point by winning the shootout 4-2, only needing uh, to take four shots there. They've been practising since that opening uh, game against uh, Belgium. They must have. Um, I must it's, admit... Sorry, against I, Belgium, against Spain. I, I thought Belgium might have been suffering a little bit of a hangover and the travel might just be a little bit too much for them. Well, that was the word from everyone, that, from, certainly from the Dutch in the Belgian camps, wasn't it? It, it certainly was. Um but, but when you look at the scores, uh, nil all at quarter time, 
At halftime, the Belgians were up 2-1. They were up 3-2 at the three-quarter time break. And New Zealand came back and pinched two late goals um, through number 17 and 27. And that would be uh, Stephen Janess, who scored the equaliser, and... Um, Ingles? Nick Woods. Oh, Nick Woods, Nick Woods yeah. got a penalty corner to Hugh, um, drag Hugh, him back into striking distance. Hugo Ingles was superb in that game. He was a threat all over the park. Yeah. Um, Jeunesse, bit of a disappointing World Cup, um, but he, uh, yeah, he was Johnny on the spot. And Cedric Charlie had popped up for a double. <laughs> There's some crack, there were some cracking goals scored over the weekend. Oh, so been lots some of, of the ones goals. squeezed from the baseline in, inside, the, underneath the arrow of the keeper and up above the keeper's head. Just been well, insane. I do want to slide a... Um, a goal of the week segment into the Totally Pro League program yep. and if you were having to do it on last week's efforts you'd be you'd tossing coins for that oh yeah um, so it was a fascinating game I mean I personally the shootout stuff doesn't really throw that much interest up for me but for a lot of people it does and uh, a lot of people are enjoying that And but for the players um, it certainly does because at that, that point it. it's like having another draw isn't it it's, a, it's another well, it's draw another point back. it's another point on offer and you're going to take every point you can get Let's face it. Yep. Um, but a, a, an absolutely thrilling match within the allotted 60 minutes of the game. Imagine what that could have been like with another 10 minutes Ooh. on the clock. Or oh, another 20 minutes, huh? Another 20 minutes. Yeah, 80, 80 minutes. Uh, uh, could yeah. be. Oh, four 20-minute quarters. That's a good idea, Matt. Who came up with that one? Um, let's look on to the second game. It was New Zealand versus Belgium. Uh, that game at um, 1700, which yeah. is the same time, is it? That I've got? Oh, no. no, that was 1900. Oh, the, sorry, I thought the men's game was the early one, but it's the women's game that was the early one. Uh, that was a 1 0 game to Belgium. They're almost the complete opposite as far as scoring goes than the game we saw uh, earlier, uh, later on. Well, we've, se- we've seen uh, 12 goals at the six women's games that have been played so far. Um, I think they've been better organised defensively, John. There's been a lot of very lackadaisical stuff from, from in the men's side, and I'm wondering whether there might be some kind of secret bonus system happening. <laughs> uh, um, I don't know, maybe organised by the FIH, looking for more celebratory moments. That the more goals that are scored, the higher the bonus you're going to get. And look, that game total was, goals per game. It was a nil-all draw until the 59th minute when uh, Jill Boone got a, a bone. bone. Oh, look, I'm sorry, that's my Australian it's not David's daughter. I know. Jill Bone scored a, uh, a field goal in the 59th minute, real captain's goal there, so got the team over the line. Um, and they'd be delighted with their trip, you know, trip well, down under while we'll we get, get to the next the, result. We will, moment. we will. I had some statistics here, but we'll leave the statistics. We'll leave that for totally... Pro League. So they play. Too much to get so they play. They play Friday, years. and then again they they then played again on the Sunday, but moving from New Zealand to Australia, didn't they? Once again, though, on that women's uh, women's game, the one nil game, thirty five to thirty six entries, circle entries in favour of Belgium, um, seven penalties score to one in favour of uh, New Zealand, and shots fifteen to ten in favour of New Zealand. Shots on target exactly the same, fifteen to ten. But um, yeah. It was an intriguing game. Then Saturday kicked off, Matt, with the first of four games at the State Netball Hockey Centre in Melbourne. On the Saturday, Australia were taking on the Netherlands, both men's and women's, and Australia were doubling up in the men's and women's on the Sunday against the Belgians. First up, though, the Australian men took on the Netherlands. Um, (laughs) Interesting game, this one. Uh, It was four... uh, 
2-1 but yeah, uh, in favour of Australia at quarter time. I was, yeah, I read the shootout score there, didn't you too? Uh, half time, Australia was in the lead 4-2, uh, having got out to a 4-1 lead at, at one stage there after goals to quite a few players. And, we'll get to that. And we're good, and we're good value for it. They were, they were looking real good at half time. Uh, they came out and scored again in the 35th minute. Uh, good field goal there to Lachlan Sharp and it was, uh, it was 5-1. We're thinking it's all over. 5-2. sorry. Then the Netherlands, they picked one up, 5-2 uh, at three-quarter time. Came out after the, that three-quarter time, went bang, bang, bang. Thank you very much for coming, 47th, 51st and 56th minute. Pull back a draw, 5-all. Uh, very entertaining anything game. Is po- anything is possible. Well, I left it at 5-2 and had to jump in the car and off I went. And so I didn't see the final score until after, after the game. I thought, well... Cookerboroughs, surely they've got this one. What a fantastic win in the bag. Well, the talk here for this weekend was it was going to be in hot conditions, um, all of the games, and that the Netherlands and Belgium would struggle in, in those conditions. And, and we know what and, it's and like. And because of the flight. And the flights yeah, yeah, and the yeah. conditions. And we know what it's like when the temperature gets above about, when it starts climbing to 35, you're sucking yeah. hot air in. Yeah, and it's, yeah. it's not very pleasant. Um, but in both games, it was the, the Northern Hemisphere teams that got past the heat, you must be said. Australia came out of the blocks flying, but it was the Netherlands who finished far stronger and in the end won the shootout 4-1. Now, I'm not sure how much fatigue and the heat would have had to do with the result of the shootout, but certainly in the, the 60 minutes of game time, they were finishing very, very strongly. And I think Australia would have been very disappointed with the result both teams would have been disappointed with some of the goals that went in. Loose men at the back of a pack in front of goals having very easy free shots on goal. You didn't see that in the World Cup final. Well, no, or semi-final, well, here's, here's, here's the thing with it. There's, there's, um, there's been some fantastic games. Lots of goals, yep. particularly on the, on the men's, men's side of things to, to launch the Pro League. But these individual games have, have mm. got a bit of breathing space as opposed to the tournament format that we normally see these. So yep. we see these 4-4 draws and 6-1 wins and 7... You know, all this sort of stuff happens in World Cup formats. It happens in Olympics. It happens uh, happened in the Champions Trophy. Uh, but, th- yeah, they've got a bit of air with uh, the weekly games, haven't they? So, they have. So th- there's obviously great delight that... Pro League is obviously a success because of all these amazing games that we've seen, or certainly high-scoring games that we've seen. I did uh, hear Jamie Dwyer made the comment uh, that he thought the Australia-Netherlands game, during the Belgium game commentary, Australia-Belgium commentary, he, he said, oh, it was, it was one of the best games, or the best game he'd ever seen. And I'm not sure about nah, that. I think I mean, it, part of the problem yeah, is... Defen- um, defensively loose from both, both sides. Yeah. In fairness to Jamie, um, most of the good games I've seen, really, really top A1 games in the last... The be- some of the best games. In the last, say, 10 years, yeah. he's been playing. Yeah, yeah. So it's... Um, yeah. It was just an interesting comment to come from Jamie, I thought. Um, but it was certainly a, a very entertaining game. It was great, a great very com- entertaining Yeah, game. great comeback from the Dutch. And uh, yet they went on to win the shootout. Uh, the women, they played the later game at the Melbourne Tennis Centre at the 5 o'clock, which, you know, it was still probably would have been 32 or 33 degrees. Hope you managed to get your eyes on it. Um, well, I managed to get eyes on bits and pieces of it because the feed kept dropping out. I don't know if I was the only one experiencing that on FAH Live because I was up in Singapore, of course. Of course, so, yeah, you yeah. know, I'm up there every weekend. Yeah, yeah senior, senior, senior auntie, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Well, another intriguing game as far as the scoreline goes. It was Australia winning 1-0, and they put that goal away in the 21st minute, so we had over half of hockey with no goals scored with a Dutch pretty much peppering the goals, would be said. Circle entries, 38-9 to in favour of the Netherlands. Um, Yeah, that's uh, quite a a big difference. Uh, There was 22 in the last half alone uh, to 7. Only two circle entries in the first half to the Australians, and they scored a goal from one of them. Like we said last week, the Dutch aren't particularly polished there in the moment on the women's side. There's a few new faces in there. Um, but having said that, that's the, I think it's the first win since 2009 or something like years, that. I, was uh, I, think, I, think two, uh, I think it's 2009 last time the, the Aussies beat the Dutch. But regardless, the Dutch haven't lost a game, I don't think, since the Rio final in 2016. Um, they've been supreme. So I've been very good. And look, look, that's one of those games I think you, you could honestly say Australia pinched that through a little bit of dogged defence, some great goalkeeping. And, you know, they got the goal, they put the pressure on the Dutch, and then I think the Dutch very much play as front runners. They like to get that first goal and make you chase them. Yeah, yeah, and, and then bully, Got a bully, bit bully. frustrated, yeah, got yeah. a bit frustrated, and uh, they just couldn't get that goal away. Fair play to Australia. I wouldn't imagine that they're going to have... I wouldn't imagine they're going to have 38 circle entries for no goals in the next yeah. game they play. <laughs> I think Alison Allen might have something to say about that. And just quickly, she didn't did seem that disappointed though. I mean, she wasn't spitting, you know, wasn't doing a Max Carlos bottle throw by any chance. She has just means. been announced as uh, a legend in the Hockey Australia yeah, Hall of Fame. To, so uh, yeah, congratulations, and Alison, and much richly, deserved. richly deserved. Yes. Uh, one of the true great Australian sports people of the last 50 years, I would say, Alison Allen. And Former guest on the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Jeez Podcast. Uh, let's get on to the next. Well, the next game actually happened. That was the over, overnight one. Overnight, us, yeah. I nearly got there too, Matt. I nearly got there. Couldn't quite. Uh, the United States took on Argentina at the Estadio Hockey in Cordoba. That game got under three, underway at 3.30 local time. And, uh, well, another intriguing women's game. Uh, it was a two-all draw at final score. The Americans scored first in, in the first and second quarters to lead 2-0 at half-time, 2-0 at three-quarter time, and then the Argentinians came after, out after three-quarter time, uh, scored a goal almost immediately in the 46th minute, then again in the 50th minute, and then... Was that uh, Rebecca double there? Uh, I believe number 11 scored the first goal, which would be Carla Rebecca, and number 12 scored the second goal, a penalty corner, and that was Delfina Marino, the captain. Um, Rebecca, certainly a welcome re-entry. Well, she won the player of the game for that particular game. Uh, Shootout, it was a win, a bonus point to the Argentinians. The Americans would be happy to walk away with that game with a point, I would have thought. Argentina at home, uh, very strong. This is the women, of course. yeah, they went down 3-1 in the shootout, unfortunately for them. Uh, their first shooter, Kathleen Sharkey, the captain, managed to score for the US, but it was all donuts after that. And um, uh, Carla Rebecca, unfortunately, couldn't slot her penalty, but her three teammates did there to uh, take out... You don't have win. to be good in the shootout to win player of the match. No, you don't. Equally. You shouldn't be. Equally, you could be brilliant in the shootout. No, you shouldn't and be. And not figure for player of the match. You shouldn't so that was an intriguing game once again, and, and it appears like. Sorry, who was, your, who was your reverse stick player of the shootout in that game? Hey, who's my reverse stick player of the shootout? I don't have one. You do yeah. that. Huh? I don't have players in the shootout. Oh, look, no, we're not doing that on the totally reverse stick. 
the Global League Pro League. Pro League. Car, yeah, cast that thing. Okay, let's get on to Sunday's game, shall we? Once again, back at the uh, State Netball and Hockey Centre in Melbourne, and uh, the early game kicking off at 3 p.m. was Australia and Belgium men. Interesting, uh, interesting to have it fixtured 24 hours after the first games. Nobody else has had to do the uh, the back-to-back games so far, have they? In no, the, I in wonder whether that's the FIH Pro League. I wonder whether that's uh, arranged by. Hockey Australia's preference, or whether Probably, that's yeah, uh, you would expect. You I know. would have thought you yeah. might have played the um, the Australia Netherlands games on the Friday, the New Zealand games on the Saturday, and then the Australian Belgium games on the Sunday. Maybe there's some broadcasting reasons we don't know. And it, as we've said, it would be a nightmare to do the fixturing for the Pro League. It's in its first year. There's going to be some hits and misses. So yeah, you know. and you'd be taking local knowledge, wouldn't you? Yeah, you'd, you'd have to take some local knowledge on board. Uh, so let's get to the Australian men losing to the Belgium men. And this is a result that I was honestly surprised at. It was a hot day. The crowd wasn't quite as big as it had been the day before, but I'd almost be inclined to put that down purely to the heat factor. Uh, they were talking about how hot it was going to be in Melbourne that day, and it would have been all over Melbourne how hot it was going to be that yeah. day, and people would have made. So it if you had your season pass, you'd be going. But if, yeah. if not, if you're thinking yeah. about walking to the gate, you might yeah. not. Four-one, um, the Belgians won after leading two-one at half time. Well, Dan, Dan, I, I left the game with Daniel Beal uh, uh, just before quarter time, and Beal had uh, taken the lead for Australia in the first minute of the game. I thought, oh, we're looking pretty comfortable here. Um, yeah. Well, once again, it looked like Australia was a team that was being affected by the conditions and the travel, not not the two visiting teams. Uh, and you know, one all after a, a, a tense and tight first period, Australia scored in the in the first minute, which was, as it turns out, totally against the run of play because uh, Belgium scored the next four goals. And yeah, it took, took a while for them to get back into it, but they but they played better. Better flowing passing hockey, and they they deserve to win. It's the, they're the world number one, John, and and, and the side ain't much changed, is it? It's from yeah. the uh, from the World Cup, so uh, not much of a break. And the, and they they played very very well. I'd actually made the comment over um, the, the, a private message to someone that I thought that the Belgians once they started sucking that hot air, and they might have some real problems, but. They march straight through that. What do I know? Yeah, well, uh, they'd be happy. They'd be happy with the trip into the southern hemisphere. Yeah. Um, well, they yeah, would that, be, especially after a, the Belgian women got up to beat the Australian women in the late game yep. at 5 p.m. What a turnaround! Uh, nil all after half time. Neither team could get on the scoreboard. The Belgians got ahead first of all in the 35th minute, thanks to uh, Michelle Strike, and um, they went. Ahead they went ahead further in the 47th minute number 10 Louise Vassarville she put away a field goal there first goal to um, first goal there was to uh, Michelle Stroik she scored off the yeah. penalty corner then Australia came back through number 3 in the 57th minute very much a consolation goal you'd think although the chances are still pushing through uh uh, well, everyone goes for the draw, know, don't they? Everyone <laughs> seems to be, but number well, they want the win, they want the shootout points. Yeah, uh, number three, they're scoring the goal for Australia. Brooke Paris, good to see her getting on the scoreboard, but they couldn't quite manage that draw um, to get that uh, shootout bonus yep. point. Like unfortunately you, for them, but like you uh, said the Belgians uh, will be returning from the Southern Hemisphere very happy, and look, you know, the, the Dutch will be pretty happy as well. And we're going to continue with the joint. Uh, have you got a, actually? Have you got a table in front of you there somewhere? Oh, don't, it's don't, too, don't no, no, it's too early. Let's not go tables yeah. yet because well, it's still because too it's, complex. Yeah, there's people too. on 70, uh, 66 percent. People haven't played a game yet. And uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, the percentage thing is 
interesting to uh, say the least. Um, FIH Live, can you just update your tables on there, please? That'd be good. Is that, okay, that's Matt's message for the day. Let's have a look at the fixtures coming up, though. We're staying on this uh, Southern Hemisphere jaunt. Uh, on the 8th of February, that's Friday from uh, 7pm local time. That's, yeah. that's Melbourne? Yeah. No, no, no. we're no. Tasmania, aren't we? No, 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 no. We're in Christchurch. Of course, right. GB start off. They are uh, 1900. Yeah, no, that's 7 p.m. 7 p.m. Got that one wrong. 7 p.m. at the uh, Nangpuawai Hockey Stadium in Christchurch. It's New Zealand versus Great Britain, and uh, that is. Does it say? It doesn't say men's or women. Oh no, that's a men's game there. Men's and women's. They're both. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're both, the, yeah, the, they're the both women are, the women are playing at five o'clock. Yeah, five and seven. The same, the same, uh, be. same venue. Then we've got. Um, the Australia games. Well, of course, the intriguing thing there, John, is that the GB women's side will be meeting their new coach for the first time. <laughs> Who happened to be the coach of the opposition <laughs> the last time they played. Um, so, I'm sure everyone will be friends there, won't they? Oh, they'll be smiling, happy faces all over the place. I'm not I'm sure. sure. I, I doubt it. I imagine that... Uh, Mark, are you having a beer afterwards? No, Mark, Mark Hickman has just been appointed uh, as the new goalkeeping coach yep. for GB. I doubt he'll be making his way over there, but he's uh, sure to be hooking up with some of the squad when they arrive here in Perth. He's you, you won't away be able from to talk about this stuff next week on TRS. Why is that? Because I'll be using it all. Totally pro league. Totally pro league. Totally pro league. Okay, uh, yeah, so on to Saturday's games. Matt, uh, originally the men were scheduled to play Pakistan, the Australian men, that is. Uh, that game won't be going ahead. There will be a game going on, though, at uh, 4.45pm local time. That's Australia taking on China on the Women's Pro League. Well, they'll be backing up again the next day at the same time, 4.45pm. That'll be the late game from Hobart as they take on Germany. And the uh, German men will be taking on the Australian men at the earlier time of 3pm uh, local Tasmanian time. Uh-huh, it's about 12 o'clock for us here uh, that, in Perth. That's the games coming up for this weekend. So we've got another... Well, we should have had uh, five games, but we're only going to end up with four, unfortunately. Well, this, uh, really this. looking forward to seeing uh, Great Britain and Germany in action this weekend in their first games for Germany, especially in Great Britain on the first of that southern jaunt. Yeah, that's it. They're making the long way down here and... Uh, and then they switch over again, don't they? And sort of yeah. the, the, the teams that were playing in uh, in New Zealand come over here, and GB head to uh, to Perth, and uh, we'll be there. Germany make their way over to New Zealand. Be interesting hockey this weekend. You can catch it hopefully through your local broadcasters or through FIH Live. And you can also catch the highlights packages sort of 24, 48 hours after the games on YouTube on the FIH channel, not on FIH Live. They haven't got any uh, uh, highlights going up on there at the moment, and unfortunately, the the full live games are geo blocked for us. Even though maybe a week or so has gone past, um, but uh, yeah, you, you can uh, certainly find the highlights on the FIH YouTube channel. Oh, let's get to our featured interview, shall we? You're listening to the Reverse Stick, the Global Hockey Podcast. And joining us now from Sierra, Sierra Leone is the president of the Sierra Leone Hockey Association and a former guest here on the Reverse Stick, Silas Bangs. Silas, welcome back to the Reverse Stick. Hello, sirs. Thank you for having me once more. It's our pleasure, Silas. We're always happy to speak to you and uh, see how things are progressing there in Sierra Leone. And perhaps you can... Uh, let people know what what has been going on with Sierra Leone. Uh, there's been some progress. 
Yes, uh, we can say we are grateful. Like we ended the year 2018 with some some achievements. Yeah, although hockey is relatively slow, but it has been growing and people are becoming more okay with it because of the activities that we have undertaken. We have undertaken several community outreach programs wherein eight communities have been visited within the western area. We had chance also to visit two regions within the which is the northern region and the southern region of Sierra Leone. Apart from doing that, we have been doing some teacher uh, coaches training involving secondary school teachers, the physical education teachers, to introduce the hockey sport within their respective schools. We have also been organizing galas at the ends of 2018, wherein communities come together to 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 play hockey at the AstroTurf pitch we have currently in 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 Freetown Sierra Leone we have also been able to attend the first for the first time the FIH congress which was held in 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 New Delhi uh for the first time Sierra Leone hockey association was part of it we received support from FIH and also Africa Hockey for us to participate at this congress. These are some of the updates and things that have been going on in Sierra Leone hockey for 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 the past year. So not much been going on at all then. You know, <laughs> you guys have just been sitting around. But I'm delighted. To, I'm, look, the thing that delights me most out of everything you just said there was this uh, uh, teacher training and getting into secondary schools and getting hockey in front of kids uh, as an alternative sport. Um, it seems to be all the right things are being done at that grassroots level. And if you haven't got kids playing, then uh, you don't have a sport. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the training of the of the the schools and not only the schools we were dealing with the kids. We have what we have the we call the hockey foundation, which I I forgot to mention. We train grassroots uh, uh, people, young people from ages nine, ten to to fourteen years. We have currently about two hundred young people. That 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 are working on that. These are school children, and some of these wow. these these young people are not are not are not going to school. They they drop out. Families don't don't have means of sending them to school. So we engage them within their communities, playing hockey. Most of they're so they love the sport so much now that in the morning hours, maybe by 5 a.m. 6 a.m., they start <laughs> knocking at the coach, at the coach's door. That coach, we're here. You have to wake up, and so these are some of the things that I did not mention. The Hockey Foundation is doing. I know maybe if you have been going through our Facebook page, you'll be seeing the small childrens with the sticks playing and see it all. We stuff. see it all. It's brilliant. Oh, that must make you feel very good too, Salas. I mean, the last time we spoke on the podcast, um, you know, the the numbers were. Not at the, certainly nowhere near the level you've you've got interested in the game now. 
Yes, yes. We we before we we only had maybe one or two or three communities that are playing. But for now, I can tell you we have like ten active communities, and within these communities, we have the adults who are playing, who are preparing now for the the national league, and also we have the the, the children's as I told you that we have been targeting. What we have used as well as a mechanism is a general Saturday's training uh, within the western area. The, the association provides some petty cash for young people or people interested to come and play hockey on a Saturday basis. So we use this to capture their mind because currently there's not much of employment for young people. So they were, they're looking at means of getting survival or if they're doing something, let them be able to get something out of it. So what we are able to do is to provide like minimum cash of, 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 of 7,000 leons, which, which is approximately one, $1 uh -huh. per participant who, who comes on every Saturday to play. So with that, we started with having 20 people so when we gave them this, these funds, <laughs> they went and explained to, to other friends. So the following week, we had like double. And so like this is, <laughs> this is how we have been using to, to like cajole the young people to come. Because the main, the main thing is that what they were complaining is that when they play at the end of the day, they have to go home. They don't have nothing to eat. They have to think all over again. But with a small one dollar we are giving them, that provides a meal for them. They can walk home because the distances are not too far. Some of them can even run from their house to the to to the training ground just to play and be able to receive that one dollar. So this has really like really transformed the way people think and young people have been motivated to play the sport more. Sounds, so, like, sounds like you're getting them set up for the pro league, Silas. That's good. Um, you, you talk about the training facility there. You were, it was pretty limited last time we spoke to you, but you just, I'm pretty sure we just heard you say Ast AstroTurf in Freetown. What, what's going on there? Well, uh, it's not owned by the Sierra Leone Hockey. It's a private Danish company that came and developed an AstroTurf. So wow. people are using it and as an association. We wanted to, like when we're playing our galas and our competitions, to play on the actual turf for them to get the experience. Yeah. Because we play more on the, this gravel turf, this clay turf during trainings. So for them to get the better experience as an association, we pay on a monthly basis to the, the, the owners of the AstroTurf, wherein participants come Every 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 Saturday and Sunday, we have time there that is provided to us for hockey activities. So we bring in communities all around to play on the AstroTurf and experience playing hockey on AstroTurf. Are you sharing that ground with other other sports? Are you? Yes, there's also football that are using it. We are paying for hours allocated yeah. to us. We yeah. have. Six, six hours within the weekend that is allocated to us. Three hours on Saturdays, three hours on Sundays. So, 
we get different communities to come and play. Now you mentioned the uh, the great work the Hockey Foundation's been doing with you there in Sierra Leone, Salas. But the last time we spoke to you, um, you had no goalkeeping equipment. Now we know our good friend of the podcast got in touch with you and in Rob Abbott, and he got some goalkeeping equipment to you because we saw the photo of you in all that equipment. Um, have you yeah. been uh, Have you been going with that side of things? Have you got a couple of sets of goalkeeping gear, and have, have you formalised teams as such? Yes, we have we have the teams now ready, thanks to 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 the podcast. Uh, Mr. Abbott was able to provide us with one goalkeeper kit, and also during the Hockey Five tournament in Ghana, although we could not participate, but we had uh, the England Hockey provided one set of goalkeeper kits to right. to all the participants nation, so we were able to get the extra or the other one that was needed to officially start our leagues. So with this that we have now, that is why we have been able to play the galas and been able to travel to, to the other districts. Because before, without having a goalkeeper kit, people could not really understand what, how the goalkeeper will dress and how it will look like. <laughs> but now, as we have, as we have the goalkeeper kits, we have been able to demonstrate. For some people, it's it's, it's the first time seeing goalkeeper kit or someone playing hockey in some of the rural areas. So it's been interesting, and thanks to to to, to the podcast and also to England Hockey, Africa Hockey for for their support for the goalkeeper kit. Did you have people lining up to try the, the equipment on and try out as a goalie, or did you have to try and talk someone into it? Yes, we had difficulties for the first time uh, trying it on. We had to go online and see how how to do it step by step because, and we had all like the first day we came with it, more than ten players, both male and female, wanted to test it and. Wanted to the, uh, the 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 protective gear for the head. They were like, "Oh, what is this?" And so like it was strange to them, but at the end of the day, they got used to it after viewing videos and watching. Mostly, what helped us also was this 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 the live streaming that was going on through the the Bodesia World Cup in uh-huh. India. So yeah, so like. For the first time in Sierra Leone, through YouTube, people could 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 like see matches of, oh, of hockey. That's amazing. Um, yeah. well, whilst we're on India, Silas, uh, talk us through your experience at the FIH Congress as, as a, a first timer, as a, a novice. Yes, I, I I was I was a novice, and I'm I'm very grateful to to Africa Hockey the FIH, you know, for not only giving grassroots associations like ours, but all other grassroots opportunities. You know, we believe with this, there will be able, there will be more capacity building and motivation among, among the association, the grassroots association. You know, if it was for us, Sierra Leone Hockey Association, we don't have the funds to pay flight and hotel to stay in a in a five star hotel, or a, for, or a, t- or a two this. star, 
yes, but with the help of FIH, they, they provided flights and, and hotel accommodation for us, and it was good because we got we uh, I got a vast knowledge on the whole operations of of the FIH, and I also had the opportunity to meet the the president of 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 the FIH and the 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 lovely people people that are are concerned uh, about hockey people that are that are, are ready to 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 develop hockey i see the 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 new administration in FIH and i have so much confidence in them that with them there will, there will be a lot more to see in hockey there will be development because some of us that never had the chance to 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 sit and dine with them and experience the managerial and structural uh, structural development of hockey had the chance so there they gave us chance to network with other hockey associations that we were seeing difficult to, to network with. We, we are able to network with, uh, like the, the Dutch hockey, hockey federation, the Spanish, the German. Although there were a lot of people, a lot of other countries, we could not meet and talk with everybody from, uh, as from Sierra Leone, but we were able to create good partnerships, good relationships that we're working now on to see how best with these nations, with their expertise, we can use it as a learning process to to develop hockey in our country. Yeah, I, I think that's massively important, and, and particularly if you meet somebody and you pick up a phone number, then it's not so hard to make that call, is it? And uh, if you need a favour or you just need a bit of information for something, then uh, it's it's not a hard yeah. task. Yes, yes. All the countries were 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 friendly. We exchanged all of us exchanged numbers, our cards, and I have a whole lot of cards that I came with. And <laughs> I'm working, yes, and I'm because for the first time I had to go and do a bit of lobbying and advocacy. Yeah, you know, see, come back home with something to work on. You know, so with the contacts and networks that I, I I was able to get there I'm using them now that's good to but see how the problem is you've got, got to go and get some brand new cards printed now with your beautiful new logo design yes yes that's what we're doing the card will be printed <laughs> um, I don't know how you see the logo but this is the official logo we'll be using it's beautiful for hockey and I hope as our supporters, you like it. Absolutely love it. Now, what, just on, on a serious note, um, when we talk about hockey funding, there's a, we, we give a lot of coverage to the link between the International Olympic Association and uh, International Olympic Committee and, and FIH and the importance of that partnership. What are the links like for you guys at home with your local Olympic Association? Well, we, we have been having some, some, some struggles because there were some differences in, for them to, to recognize the sport. But nevertheless, in recent months, the past months, even prior to, to, to traveling to the Congress, we had had like a lengthy discussion 
with the, the Secretary General of, of the Sierra Leone Olympics. They have seen that uh, what we are doing is the right thing and we are promoting hockey activities in the country. So they have given us, the, within this week or next week, they've, they've just sent me an email saying that they will approve us, our status, our, uh, our partnership with them tentatively. So like we'll get a temporary accreditation. So within that, they will see how we're working to, to, to implement more hockey activities. I'm sure within the end of the year or next year, we'll get a permanent accreditation with the, the National Olympic, wherein they can come in and be helping us. Because we know there's funds at the, at the Olympics Committee for, for hockey. But these funds have not been reaching us for all these years that we have been in existence. And yeah. all what we have been doing is out of our own pocket or good people like you and other people that love to see hockey play in Sierra Leone that have been helping us. But we, 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 we are confident that within this month to next month, latest, we will have like... Uh, the, the, the temporary accreditation from the National Olympic and they can see how best they can chip in to give in some support to boost the sport in the country because now we have the National League coming on we don't have funding for that although we are looking out for to other companies but just as you said the Olympic solidarity funds are there and other funds are there that could be utilized to develop hockey in Sierra Leone and we hope that they will give us this opportunity. So I was about to say it's baby steps but it's not baby steps at all champ this is huge leaps yeah. and bounds we didn't speak to you it was about a year ago maybe maybe not that, not that long um, and it just sounds fantastic the the um, the forward thinking from yourself and those on board with Sierra Leone hockey um, to just be in this super positive position and obviously wanting more but mate you've done done a great great job so far oh, thank you sir we believe that uh, we, we still believe that we have not done nothing yet because we have so we want to see how best we could participate in international tournaments take Sierra Leone to the other level for other countries to see that Sierra Leone is really playing hockey. We, uh, we have a belief at Sierra Leone hockey that out of nothing we can do something. So we're not looking at to say the international body should come and give us huge funding for us to do something. But with our own little resource, we use it wisely to to make sure that we do our own part in our country to play hockey. We know that once we are doing the right thing and people are seeing that we are doing the right thing, more people will come on board and give us the support that we need. So this is what we believe and this is what we have been working towards. Salas, um, when, remembering back to when we talked to you last time, Am I right in thinking that the first game of hockey you saw was in um, in Holland and it was at the last Men's World Cup? Is that right? 
Yes, the the the, the World Cup in Holland. Uh, look, I've, from that little jur, uh, little seed that was planted in your mind at in in Holland at that World Cup, could you have imagined that four years later that you would be sitting around with your fellow countrymen watching the next World Cup, and and with mm-hmm. hockey players? I mean, the, the journey is astounding from our perspective. Yes, if um, I, we believe that nothing is impossible, it's only giving time and dedication in what you believe. You know, I believe in hockey since I saw the the match. I believe that I should do something in Sierra Leone and get other people to 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 know about hockey. What a fantastic sport hockey is. Since then, because of the lack of information or access to ICT in Sierra Leone, young people are not too often with international or sporting activities. They only know football and few cricket. So with hockey coming on board, it has really, really opened up, broadened the, the, the way of thinking and the way of seeing things in life. So now before, if you tell uh, young people to go to the internet and do research, they will just go and research about Manchester United or Barcelona. (laughs) But now they can go online and tell you about hockey games, you know, Sierra Leonean young people. So all of that gives me joy. It makes me very happy to see that people are becoming more and more interested and uh, the, 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 the thing that makes it more interesting for them, they see hockey as just football but with, uh, with a stick and ball because they see how dribblings and all this stuff. So they become to love the sport more. They're just saying, oh, this is another part of football but with a stick and ball, hockey. So this is something good in Sierra Leone. And I can say four years ago, I was not expecting that today we can have more than 2,000, 3,000 young people who are one way involved in hockey, if not even actively, but they can tell you about hockey. They've been involved in it, they've played it, and they're doing it one way or the other. Although sometimes the school programs affect them, but they always give that little bit of time even two times or one time or three times a week to come and play hockey because it's becoming part of them. So I think it's a great achievement, but we don't see that we have done much yet. We believe that we should do more than what we have done to be able... We hope that one day we'll be able to play Australia (laughs) in an international tournament. We're able to play England or... Uh, South Africa or Nigeria in an international tournament that one that when that day comes it will be like one of the happiest moments in my life because I've been able to move something with the team a dedicated team we have been able something that was zero not known and take it to international level wherein the world can see that oh Sierra Leone is actually participating now in hockey and getting future rankings. That is our 
our future plans. So it's, you know, it's just incredible the, the 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 communities in the west, in the north, in the south around Freetown gathering on the AstroTurf for the gala days, hockey being played in schools, um, people knowing about the game that aren't playing the game. You know, the, we struggle for that in developed hockey countries. Uh, sometimes it's 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 all fantastic, and we, we're just looking forward to hearing what the journey for the next four years is going to be. Yes, yes, we we believe that. With hard work and commitment and perseverance, uh, knowing your direction, you know, it's just for you to walk towards it. And where, where can people we, follow your journey with Sierra Leone Hockey? Can they get you online? Yes, uh, we are always. Uh, we can be reached on Facebook at Sierra Leone Hockey Association. Uh, you can see regular updates on what we are doing since. Since we have started, you you can see all of our updates there. We are working now within this few months to get the official website registered. Although we have it developed, but we have not got it registered, the domain name. But we're praying that we're, we're, we're looking at maybe the next one month or two months, we will have the, the Sierra Leone Hockey official website wherein people can, can glance and see videos and see stories, success stories, achievements, and so on. What we are doing, the national league, and everything like that. I think you we're, might you might find some people there, Silas, that wouldn't mind helping out as well, whether it be with equipment or uh, maybe some financial assistance in some of the, the the projects that you're doing. So, the quicker you get that stuff up there and get it out, that's a uh, shout out to all of our listeners out there at the moment. If you can help out Silas and the projects over there, look at the good work that's being done. Uh, but yeah, get online, Silas. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure catching up with you once again. Just uh, one yeah. more on a personal note before you, we let you go, Silas. Um, how are the dogs doing? Oh, they're doing well. They're doing well. They're, they're doing very well. <laughs> the, 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 the puppy I had now, she's grown. She's about seven months. She's, she's a giant now. So <laughs> they're doing well. Eating a lot more than I'm expecting, but everything is good. You know, you can train them to be to be ball dogs instead of ball boys and girls at the side of the pitch. You can you can train them to be a ball dog. Yes, this this uh, this is something interesting. Although we don't have knowledge on training them in these areas, but this is something we can look at because also we believe that animals are should be should be part of us if they only. They are trained well. They can do so many incredible things that people would not even expect them to do. So get them working. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank you, Silas. Thank you so much, Silas. Uh, all right. Thank you very much, Mr. Lee and Mr. Matt, for having me once more. You're listening to The Reverse Stick, the global hockey podcast, and that was the president of the Sierra Leone Hockey Association, Salas Bangs. And when we first spoke to Salas, he had, what, 20 and 30 kids yep. playing in courtyards? Yep, yep. And now they've got no access to a turf. They've got two goalkeeping kits. They've got 
two or three thousand kids involved. Well, I've, I've played at school or, or you, know, you know, certainly know about the game anyway, but you know, it's, it ticks all the boxes to grow the game, doesn't it? And oh, look, you know, it's kind, kind, kind of life affirming. Some some of the uh, um, the mottos that um, Salas was bringing out there about yeah. the way the way that they want to improve things and uh, and move things forward. It's life affirming, and it's uh, something you should all consider in your own clubs and your own communities, wherever you are in the world. Yeah, and well done for to Rob Abbott and the Hockey Foundation for the what. What they've been able to put into it and help kickstart that along because um, that growth is rather phenomenal. And good luck to Salas. So his vision is uh, a large one and a broad one, but he's the sort of guy you get the feeling can pull it off. Yeah, infectious and uh, you know, just yeah. If you can help out and support him, get in and support. Check out Sierra Leone Hockey Association on Facebook. Uh, talking about support, John. Yes. Um, you got you, a jock strap. No. You're, uh, I didn't play tonight, did I? I'm injured. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, if you're able to support us in any way, then you can jump on to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash the reverse stick. Any support that you can provide would be very welcome in keeping this podcast and past and future podcasts uh, going and keeping them on the air. You can get on and become uh, a patron three different levels, a player, a star and a legend for the legend status, John. Uh, you even get a club song uh, written and produced. And, uh, oh, now we're in songwriting as well, are we? Yeah, sorry, I didn't, I didn't know if you saw that one. I missed that. Yeah, so get on to patreon.com, help us out if you can. Uh, if, you don't have to sign up for a long time. If you just want to buy us a beer, get on and do a $5 or a $10 uh, donation uh, patronage for a month, and then you can cancel it afterwards. But uh, yeah, any help that you can Don't have to cancel it. <laughs> No, you don't have to. Of course you don't have to. But if you can afford it, that's great. If you can't afford it, this will keep coming to you free. The Reverse Stick Podcast. Hashtag globalhockeypodcast.com. Don't forget, Push Past Pundits. Another episode out in the next couple of days. Fingers crossed. That's all done and recorded. I think what we'll do, John, I think we're going to... There's a magic number with podcasts when you launch new ones, and they reckon you've got to have three, because otherwise people complain if they listen to one and there's not another one that they can listen to. Uh, yeah, that's that's what that's the uh, that's what the gurus say. Uh, so episode two is likely to come out on the reverse stick feed, and then from episode three onwards, there'll be one, two, three available on the the dedicated push pass pundit. And feed. it'll be uh, very similar for uh, totally pro league. Uh, we'll go yeah reverse stick to start with, and we'll see what the listenership's like. If, yeah. if it's uh, there's only the five of you listening, uh, well that's fine. We'll just keep it on the reverse stick. But, and much uh, as Salas is finding out, it's about domains, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, that's what it's all to do with, folks. Yeah, if it's, it's worthwhile setting up the domain, we'll be doing it. Some fun and games with that. And of course, you can follow us on the socials on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at the reverse stick. And you can follow the Push Past Pundits on Twitter and Facebook at Push Past Pundits. <laughs> You are listening to The Reverse Stick. We are the Global Hockey Podcast. The weekly hockey podcast. Weekly Global Hockey Podcast. We'll be having a a weekly totally pro league podcast soon. And we also have Push Past Pundits. We do, indeed. Very shortly, this week. Yeah, episode two coming out. So uh, that'll come through the regular Reverse Stick feed. Indian coaches, domestic Indian hockey, uh, some questions from listeners and plenty more on this week's Push Past Pundits. Just whilst uh, we're talking about India, uh, apparently the men's senior nationals that do get discussed in uh, the latest episode 
the semi-finals and the finals will be broadcast live on YouTube and on FIH.live. Well, it's so something the, uh, over the weekend, I think that the pundits were calling for, and uh, something a lot of people have been calling for in India is more coverage of the game to encourage more people and uh, of domestic hockey, not international. And wouldn't you believe, as soon as we record something, then uh, they make an to announcement. <laughs> I told you that microphone is up here in the roof somewhere, my friend. <laughs> okay, let's get on with some other issues. Um, World Cup bids. Oh yeah, well that's uh, uh, come out on the, from the FIH this week, hasn't it? Mm. Um, FIH World Cups: Australia, Germany, India, Malaysia, New Zealand, Spain, and I've just clicked it and it's uh, gone off the screen. No, no, just Spain uh, are bidding for the next two editions of the Hockey do World you, Cup. Do you have there the split between the men's and yeah, Well, no, well, it's not about the split between the men's and the women's. It's about the split between the time of hosting. So there's two windows that are open for uh, to apply to to host the World Cup. Yeah. Uh, there's the first to the 17th of July 2022, and the 13th to the 29th of January 2023. Now, bid wise, that's then split into two groups. Those that were prefer to host at the earlier time and those who prefer say, to host at the later years. time they are different years yeah but there's complications with scheduling John we're not going to go through that right now okay. um, so the bids uh, under the preferred time window in July uh, Germany have put their hands up for the men's and the women's Malaysia for the men's and Spain for the men's uh, so I reckon it's probably looking pretty solid that it's going to be a men's world cup <laughs> Um, uh, in uh, July 2022 uh, well, you both at the same time preferred time window for the women's 13th to 29th of January uh, Australia the women's India the men's or the women's and New Zealand the women's now I don't think you could play them at the same same time resource wise I don't think that's the right time of the year to play playing in Australia necessarily uh, no no, it probably isn't but uh, uh, look I think uh, I think it's likely that uh, there's going to be a men's world cup in that first slot and a Women's World Cup in the second. Um, uh, So you've got Australia, New Zealand and India. Uh, It's going to be hot, Australia and New Zealand and India. (laughs) Uh, So that you're just going to have to deal with that. I'm not so much thinking about the temperatures. I'm thinking about more the timing of the year because that's the time of the year where hockey people aren't around. Well, does that then... Does does that see uh, the Men's World Cup being the only option to be held in India in that second time slot? Does that have some bearing? Who knows? We'll see what happens with that. Yeah, interesting. The evaluation process has begun. And it's up up to the countries involved to put in a bid that's good enough to win it. That's it. It's not just going to be a case of, oh, you have it. Well, I hope it's not anyway. The Executive Board will make the final decision on both hosts in June 2019. Excellent. Well, look forward to uh, what goes on there. At least it's underway and countries have got a reasonable amount of time to prepare for these events. Yep, absolutely. We'll wait and see what happens with that. Oh, wait a sec. May the best, may the best country win. Yes, good luck to them. Um, let's talk Pakistan, shall we? What the fuck? What are you doing? <laughs> Why not? We might as well. What is happening? Uh, we've, we've got a couple of latest updates, haven't we, that we've garnered through the local press. Oh, yeah, got um, picture here. Oh, yeah, you've got something quite quite good up there. Um, this is uh, coming from Brigadier Coker. Well, this is uh, from today, what are we, the 6th of February, uh, from today's Daily Messenger in um, Karachi. It's a sports reporter, Dr. M. Harif Hafiz, 
the Standing Committee of the Senate for Interprovincial Coordination, the IPC division, has asked the Pakistan Hockey Federation for suggestions to bring the national game back on track. Uh, the Senator Salahuddin Tamizi said the PHF should be provided facilities first and then be asked for results, which you'd think is the way you'd do it. Uh, the meeting was led by Chairman Sadar Nasir, where the President of the PHF, Brigadier Retired Khalid Kokar, while briefing the committee, said to them, there, is, there are no good grounds in the country. There are 24 astroturf in Pakistan, out of which only 13 are in good condition. That's a quote. He continues to quote the Brigadier, Retired, if we compare it to the other nations, the capital of Netherlands, Amsterdam, alone has 500 astroturfs. 500? We don't have any structure except Pakistan Sports Board, the PSB. He said, I'm quoting. Um, it goes on uh, a little bit further, but the IPC ministry told that committee that in the last five years, the PHF have been granted with 520 million rupees, on which the PHF's President answered, in my last three-year tenure, the team has made 28 international tours. Now, 520 million rupee is about 5.2 million Australian yeah, dollars. Thereabouts. 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 Yeah. Um, he goes on to say that um, the uh, it costs about 10 to 15 million rupees for one tour. Well, you now, you've that? got a different Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm reading That's from the from Nation. Daily Messenger. I'm reading he's quoted in the, uh, the Nation saying that every tour costs around 20 million rupees. Which makes it a bit hard to understand exactly what's going on when two different people are reporting mm. one person said different things. He also, he's also quoted as saying the Sindh government had given us uh, 100 million rupees for the World Cup participation. Mm. We only had 3.5 million annual grant, whereas the uh, the secretary of the uh, the IPC that oversees the the funding there said that the federation was given 9.3 million um, rupees, uh, and the federation should inform about their working so they could get funds as it is provincial issue. Um, it's a mess, isn't it? It's a mess. Well, 20 million dollars is about two two hundred thousand dollars Australian. I'm I'm led to believe that uh, the FIH... No, 20 million is 2 million, isn't it? 20 million rupees. Uh, you might be right. Yeah, I think it's about 200,000 Australian. Um, yeah, you're right. We're, we're really yeah. led to believe that... And I, <laughs> I'm not supposed to be the one that's good at maths. Um, 20 million rupees, $200,000. FIH, I'm led to believe, had budgeted that it would cost around 900000 for a country to be involved. Yeah, but I don't know what the, the thousand, nine hundred thousand was. Pounds, oh, dollars, yeah, yeah, rupees, yeah, yeah, yeah. ringgits. Yeah. Um, could have meant anything. So, it's either way you go, it looks like Pakistan couldn't afford to do it from these figures, if from the very outset. Um, yeah. Well, they can't get their own house in order. Coco said that every person wants to become a manager or secretary, and as we re- remove them, we'll try to tell them rules of business they get agitated and start unleashing hell on us and we get all of this backbiting and, and everyone's telling tales on each other and it's just it's just not productive for hockey is it not productive for anything it's not it's a tragic situation and we should keep our eyes on it and 
there'll come a time when there is something we can do to support Pakistan hockey, and when that time arises, we've got to be prepared to do it. Yeah, if you're in there fighting away um, amongst all the ridiculous bureaucracy and um, all the issues there, then good luck, and uh, it's not worth a lot, but the hockey family are with you. We want to see a strong Pakistan, because when Pakistan turns it on, they are an exciting hockey team. You're listening to The Reverse Stick. I'm John Lee. Matt Allen's with me. We're talking hockey. We're a yeah, global hockey podcast. That's what we do. Every week. Every single week. And, uh, and look, even in between podcasts as well, you can find us talking hockey on the socials, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all at The Reverse Stick. We've got a few more things to get through, John, before we yes. leave our wonderful audience uh, this evening, this afternoon, this morning. Whatever, Go for it, Matt. Taking it in. Countdown uh, clock has started. Galvanised hockey. Uh, yes, I've offered uh, for many years now fantastic uh, coverage online of some of the action from England's top leagues, uh, and unfortunately, and rather suddenly, we believe Investec have decided not to continue their sponsorship. The way I read it is they decided not to continue with Investec. Oh, really? That's the way I oh, read I it. Maybe I'm so. completely no. wrong. No, I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Anyway, regardless, um, they're not getting a lot of support from. Uh, uh, the powers that be in England so if you can help out and they've got a uh, GoFundMe page which is set up just check out just search Galvanised Hockey because you, you'll struggle not to find them there'll be hundreds and hundreds of videos pop up and, and links to, to find them but yeah it's a, a great resource and a good way for people to get keep an eye on what's going on at the top level in, in, in England How many top quality hockey shows are there Matt? Well it's one hand you can count them on one hand Okay, can't and well, we no, can't afford no. to lose them no, absolutely not. So, you know, get behind Galvanised Hockey and support them because, you know, they're trying to take us forward in productions like that, not backwards. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, Sexy Hockey, S-E-X-Y. Check out South Park, <laughs> South Park, South Park's uh, latest blog. Hello, Bernardo. <laughs> Hi, Bernardo. <laughs> uh, get up my list here, John. I've still got a list. What Would you like me to clean your swimming pool? <laughs> no, thank you, Bernardo. <laughs> It's just fine. Uh, we mentioned Mark Hickman, yeah, leaving the uh, analyst role with Hockey Australia. Um, Sophie Bray stepping down from international yeah. hockey. Uh, that's an interesting bit of a, one. A shock, old. Well, shock. I mean, how old Sophie? Not old. Yeah, that's, yeah um, no, no, you know. not expected. I, I heard a little rumour that there might have been some kind of uh, displeasure from the powers that be. Uh, in the high performance unit at England Hockey uh, on Sophie's wishes on where she wanted to go and play her hockey and club hockey and all that sort of thing and I think it's one of those things that we're going to get uh, um, we're going to see a lot more over the next couple of years with Pro League the the demands of Pro League uh, I'm not sure if she, she was. You'd expect it to be in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. Um, I have to check that. No, she yeah. wasn't. Wasn't on the outer. Um, still, yeah, gold medal winner. A uh, lot of goals um, and uh, a lot of games under her belt. So, uh, yeah, I think we're going to get potentially. Oh, there will be more of that. Club, right. club v country uh, decisions made, and it depends uh, how accommodating those national associations are going to be. If we're talking about pro league, uh, then you've got to also let those pro players go and earn a living or, or get paid for their well, hockey somewhere yeah, as well. and people have uh, it's not the pro-am league is it John? no I wouldn't have thought so well maybe it is 
certainly what we've seen in the last few weeks of competition, it's it's as good as any professional sport you'll see anywhere. Yeah. No, absolutely no doubt. In, uh, what in fact, it's better than borathons that you get on prime time television. Alexander Cox uh, staying on with the Irish men's role through to 2020 in the Olympics. There may be something that's come out in the last day or so. I haven't spotted, but I did, did note that he's uh, that conjecture of whether he'll stay on or not has gone. Uh, whilst we're in Ireland, uh, three Rock Rovers, shout out to Findo. Uh, Mitch Darling has announced his international retirement after 183 caps, a great servant. Um, played in the Olympic Games and the World Cup for the Irish, so well done, Mitch. Uh, what else we got, John? We're uh, giving Rob Abbott a shout out. Have you've we? done. We that. haven't mentioned Rob. Oh, Abbott. The thing is, I don't think we we generally we don't mention Rob enough, do yeah, we? That's right. We should. Be, uh, oh, one FIH Integrity Unit. Ah, oh, the FIH. Look, okay. I'll say this before us we discuss it. So I have a base default position. I do not believe in self-regulation. I've worked in industries that are self-regulated, and I think it's a joke. However, the FIH have installed this, and that's nothing against the people who are currently named in the integrity panel and what well, they're. Well, no, but, it's, it's, uh, no, but John, it says it's an independent body. Where, which role is to protect the integrity of hockey to establish effective it? mechanism for enforcement of the FIH integrity who code and sanctions it? for its breach, its responsibility. Sorry? Who appoints the body? Uh, I'm not sure that's there on the presser, John. Uh, oh, okay. But they had their first meeting on the 1st of Feb in Lausanne, headed up by Chairman Wayne Snow, Australia's Wayne Snow. Um, so they're there to provide assistance on integrity matters and good governance to the FIH, ensure persons covered by the FIH integrity code are advised on the proper interpretation and application of the code, uh, monitoring the development of integrity issues and recommending updates to the code and appointing panels to carry out investigations into suspected breaches of the code and preparing a notice of charge where it determines that a person covered by the code has a case to answer for breach of the code. Now, John... um, there is, so a, there, is, is this, a, there uh, is a little video that you can yeah, um, that, yeah, that you yeah. can check out with it, uh, and I don't have it on this page currently, and I'm not sure whether. Uh, so a, these are just no, essentially a judging panel, as right, opposed I'm, to they're not an investigative unit. Uh, well, potentially they are because on okay. the original press release that I looked at, which is uh, not what I'm looking at at the moment, there is an email address whistleblower or whistleblowers. Uh, I'll have to check that at fih.ch for you to email your confidential um, uh, issues. Well, look, potential issues. Yeah, and I'll go back to my default position. Um, any allegation or suspicion of breach of code or any other matters relating to integrity must be reported to the FIU, whether. By confidential be, email to whistleblowing at fih.ch or brought to the attention of the FIH CEO. Yes, I believe we should have some. You know, a lot of this is, has been in place for a while, I, I would imagine. Have we not had a code? No, um, the code's so, there. This is about looking into issues around yeah. the code. So it's. Uh, look, I oh, great. I, I, it I, should be there. We should have one of these. Absolutely. So it's not. But I, I have I have problems when they're not independent, and we see this in all areas of life. But it says it's independent. But so. it's not, because you bring you bring them the or bring the attention to the FIH CEO. Oh no! No disrespect to any of the people involved here or any current office holders, but just purely from a, 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 an intellectual argument, 
you cannot tell me that an independent body would bring it to the attention of the FIHCO. Well, he, he could very well be the one that's in, involved in the allegation, or he or she could be the one. Uh, I'm, sure there's it, way, I'm sure there's ways around that. But, um, mate, look at all if, the problems we have with ICACs and all sorts of independent corruption yeah, commissions, etc., yeah. etc. Et so, it's, it's, ama- it's amazing, you know, though, how many things in hockey do revert to the CEO for the final, <laughs> for the final say on things. Even, well, the most the minor, even the most minor of things at tournament level. Yeah, well, you know, they are the boss and they're the one that usually cops it in the net, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. We saw that recently. Um, yeah, it's, it's there. We've got one. If you have an, a, an integrity issue, send an email to Thierry. Yeah. And, uh, or whistleblowers. And he'll be, he'll, he'll be the only person that reads it. <laughs> you can't <laughs> say that. Well, he might not be. What do you mean he might not be? He might not be the only person that reads it. If he gets a, a complaint and he and it's a full-on serious complaint, and he goes, oh, "Hey, Barry, look at this. What's going on, Barry? Down the integrity unit. Yeah, yeah. Barry, what's this? Have you seen this, mate? And he's got to show it to someone. Yeah, you got to show it to someone. Well, you know, that's if somebody else hasn't read it before you read it. Or what about who do you who are you sending your email to when you go to whistleblowing at FIA? Well, I don't know because I, I rarely get a response when I, when I send an email, <laughs> email to inquiries at FIH.ch or whatever the bloody thing is. Whistleblowers. Yeah. Well, should we give it a go? Yeah, I'm going to send him an email about you. What? I'm going to send him an email about you. All right. You're you're using your position. No, no, because you'll jeopardise my my opportunity to be in the press box uh, at oh. Perth Hockey Stadium. Um, have you ever seen the press box at Perth Hockey Stadium? <laughs> I think the press box at Perth Hockey snug. Stadium restricts your ability to be present in the Perth press box. Okay, I've got one more quick one before we go, Matt. Um, we mentioned at the top of the show, uh, Townsville had a bit of rain in Townsville recently, uh, and Townsville doesn't cope with rain very well because it's very flat, uh, and they've had some major, major flooding through that area, and... You know, our shout out to everybody in Townsville who's been affected by that. And unfortunately, the hockey community's been affected. They've got quite a strong hockey community up in Townsville. I uh, played a few social games up there. God, 1991, I think it was. (laughs) Going back a fair way. But um, they've been devastated because the floods have lifted the turf. And it's going to cost them about $2 million to get it back up and running again. It looks like an absolute mess. There's um, some posts on Facebook from Channel 7 News. And uh, in that, there's a a, a clip from Nathan Doherty, a spokesperson for Townsville Hockey. And just to show us the sort of resilience that the hockey family is, thought we'd take in Nathan's clip. Have a listen. It takes a pretty strong will and strong heart to play hockey. We're a strong community. Um, There will be hockey in 2019. We'll be flexible, but Townsville Hockey will continue. So good luck to everybody up there in Townsville with that project. I'm sure we'll, uh, might see the hat being passed around the hockey family to help them out. And if you can, throw a few dollars in. And uh, they've got a great hockey community up there in Townsville and we should uh, support them to get back on track because uh, it's a lovely little facility up there. If you ever get the chance, pop in. They're always happy to have uh, strangers float in for a game. Um, we've got to get going. Have you got anything more? Uh Oh yeah, just one thing. Okay, go on. Happy birthday to you. Happy Is this for Keely? birthday to you. Happy birthday, oh. Keely Dunn and John Lee <laughs> at the weekend. Happy birthday to you. Ah, uh, Mario Allen there. 
Catch you next week for show 82. Bye. Uh, you know yeah. we're at 1.56 running time, one hour 56. Oh Apologies for that. Um, anyway, John, how old yeah. are you at the weekend? Uh, according to my daughter, yeah? I'm old plus two. Ooh.